welcome to Light the Sky Podcast, uh, streaming live on Twitch and on all major platforms. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can definitely check us out live, get the shows early by watching us live on Twitch and get some of the before show banter that sometimes can be uh, uh, as much fun as the uh, album itself. But uh, we are not talking about uh, embarrassing artists in 2022 anymore because we are going with a guy who left at the peak, uh, Jimi Hendrix, who had died in the year, uh, well, I mean, this is a posthumous album, so it's 1970, he had died in 69, I believe, Chris? Uh, no, he died in 70, September 18th. Dead September 17th. So it's a posthumous album, but the performance, uh, of course, if it was a 70 album, it's a live album, it had to be 70. Um, but uh, so he was, but this album was released. And, uh, no, he was still alive when this came out. Uh, oh, I think why was, did I think this was a posthumous? Cry of Love is the posthumous album. Yeah. Um, this came out in like May or April of 70. March 25th. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm looking at now. Yeah. Uh, this is the show where we read the Wikipedia live. <laughs> Pretty much. And just yeah. figure everything out as we go along here. Um, yeah, I guess I'm because I listened to both uh, this week, both albums, and yeah, this is the one where he had difficulty uh, uh, engineering it or just kind of the uh, putting it together. So not a posthumous album, but somebody who just did really didn't get the chance to flesh out what the band of gypsies would have been in contrast to the experience. So we're gonna take a live listen tonight to the entire album, top to bottom, and interject as we may because it is not going to follow the traditional light the sky format where we love flush buy or terminate because that doesn't make sense how do you take a album that is improvisational in nature recorded live over the course of i believe four days and say this shouldn't be on here this should it's really just more of an engineering decision that we would be loving and flushing uh, a a a producer's decision to put an album together and to, to master it and put it on record versus the artist's decision. So it would be very unfair, I believe, to do such a thing. We're just going to talk about the performance and really debate. The main debate around this is going to be, uh, is this a legitimate album in the chronology or is this simply a an obligation to the record label that had to be released? And you know what would have become of the band had Jimi Hendrix not died later this year? What would have become of the scene? How would he have adapted? or would he have been the forerunner uh, in, in some ways uh, to the UK progressive rock scene, the hard rock, the heavy metal that would be coming out in just a few years, or really at this time it was starting to, to be released. So that's really going to be the crux of the debate tonight. And uh, let's start off, I'm just going to pick, because I didn't do a random order tonight, uh, I'm just going to pick Chris. You're wearing the shirt. What are your thoughts on this album? You know, it's kind of funny because initially when we started talking about doing this show, I thought we were going to have like a like a live music discussion or like a Hendrix live music discussion. So I listened to a good chunk of his live albums, including this one, um, with maybe a little bit of focus on this. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard to because I mean, I've always enjoyed this record. Um, I do always felt I mean that it's uh, I think without Hendrix, I think it would have been just a stock kind of if they would have had any other kind of heavy blues rock guitar player. Uh, it would have been like, okay, it's kind of cool, like his background music. But yeah, Jimmy's performance here does, uh, it's got some muscle to it, especially, I mean, I know people have fawned over a machine gun as this classic live cut. Uh, and it is, there's a lot of great stuff there. Um, though, yeah, of course, in parts, I mean, there's, I think the the shortest song on here, on here, I think, is like five and a half minutes. And then I think the, yeah, the other three are at least six to 12 minutes or 13 minutes long. Um... Uh, but it's got enough of his personality here. Uh, again, what I forgot to say, uh, there are moments where you can tell where he kind of veers off. Maybe 
Yeah, um, I did. Re- I do remember reading. Um, the, I don't think it is a rumor. I think it was kind of confirmed by the guys in the band that uh, uh, that Michael Jeffries, uh, his manager, and kind of this, uh, yeah, this kind of. Sh- I mean, I, in retrospect, people consider him a very shady individual. That he was kind of the one who probably led Jimmy to an early death, who just by squeezing everything that you could get out of him, uh, and that. Um, uh, the band accused him of, of spiking Jimmy with some very strong acid before this gig, uh, just to make it, uh, just to kind of, to try to mess them up, to show all well, the, no, it's the experience is the real Jimi <laughs> Hendrix project. Yeah. Not this one. And, uh, I know there's been a lot of, yeah, kind of debate on that, but I think it was, I think there was some confirmation that yeah, Jimmy was kind of spiked during this show. And with that knowledge, there are parts in here where you listen, where you can see where he's, where it almost feels like he's having a freak out. Where it's like where he's playing a part, you could tell it's all out of tune. Where he's just like bending into like the wrong, like almost too much. <laughs> so, I heard he was having problems with his guitar, though. Uh, that too, yeah. Um, there was that too. But so yeah, there were a lot of factors. I mean, it's not as it's it's not as kind of frustrating as like the Isle of Wight show, which I know which which he did what two or three weeks before he died, which I know there was a lot of issues with that uh, with uh, with the microphonics and electrical signals screwing up his his guitar sound and the audience. Uh, a lot of people consider that like the uh, as far as uh, like after Altamont, as far as a show that really showed that the hippie dream was over. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Hendrix, who was still this uh, even in 1970, I mean, you're still kind of in the Vietnam era, but it was pretty much very much after the summer of love, peace and love attitude. Now it's still getting into the dark 70s. And you can hear even in the show where he's kind of like you're a little irritated with the audience who's very much more combative. Yeah, not all peace and love. Um here, luckily, we're not. We haven't gotten that far yet to where it really that's really taken hold. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great. I mean, it's a good sounding record. I don't think. I mean, it doesn't jump. I mean, I, I found myself after listening to some of the other live records. I mean, there's others I prefer now. I mean, if I want, I wouldn't necessarily go to this record if I'm if I want live Jimmy. I'll probably go to like uh, like live at Monterey, which is them at the very beginning. Like I'll uh, I'll yeah. I'm, yeah kind of playing with fire and hungry and young and all that stuff. Uh, Woodstock, which has, you can feel the sweat of that day or those three days. Does it live up to the legend, Chris, in your opinion? Well, after listening to those other records, I would say probably not. Uh, Even my favorite. And again, we'll maybe we'll get into that next time, but uh, the live at Berkeley that if you have a chance and if anybody who's listening is that that's just a ripping. Holy. Yeah. That was one that I've always heard about, but I never, uh, uh, I never really dug into it, but that's, uh, I think there are, I think there are better sounding and more live sounding records than, than this. Even, I know I have this shirt. I know I'm, it's still good. I mean, the material, it's very different though. It's hard because it's not really, it, it feels like a jam record. Like this is not like a Jimmy, this is not an experience record. This is him experimenting with maybe where he was planning on going or just looking for like a new group of people to jam with. I mean, it's very competently done. I mean, it's a Hendrix, even with all the technical issues and maybe some of the tampering, on him personally i mean it's still yeah i think he just had that where he could still keep it he could still keep things together regardless of what the circumstances um and yeah i mean it's yeah it's it's live it's still live jimmy there's still a lot to like about it but does it stand with some of the other records i would say no um it's more of does it stand out as the live staple that uh, you must listen to it's it's, it's like cool because uh, you just you hear so much new yeah, material it's, it's, on it. It's it's yeah it's and that's and that's one cool thing because it's like okay that's why we're is, covering it too new material. Yeah, this is yeah one of the few. I mean, for a guy who had a lot who was very heavily controlled by the uh, the gate or the people behind him, it was nice to see. 
I'm doing something that where it wasn't the typical yeah kind of uh, yeah just like okay here is like just a hodgepodge of the fur of all the experience records on in a live recording. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's very clean though. That was another thing compared to some of the others. Sometimes I I wish it would have been a little bit more kind of where you just feel that kind of like you're there. Where here you can feel they it was tamper. You could feel like they, this because it is a studio album technically. I like, so you can feel that it has some of those vibes where you could tell they kind of tampered with it. Uh, made it cleaner sounding. Well, it shines a little bit more than some of the other. Um, uh, but yeah, musically, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's yeah, it's. I'll, I know I use the word competent. I'll say this is a little bit beyond competent, but not quite classic. Not exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so we're, are we giving? Are we giving yeah, this rating? Just, just give it a nod of ten. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm not rambling too much. I know it's uh, there was a lot. I, I I took in a lot over the last couple of weeks, and I'm just trying to. Um, and funny enough, this record kind of got pushed back after listening to some of these other great <laughs> live records uh, that he did. Um, so I'm going to give this, uh, I'll give it a seven, I think. Okay, that's solid. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah. Um, well, you know me. Uh, I'm it, not Alex I'm, here. I, I'm, not the, I'm not a big live album fan. That being said, I do feel like we did need to cover some kind of Hendrix live it's part album. of the lore. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And especially with only releasing three studio albums. Um, and a live album of new material. Right. Right. Yeah, which which definitely helped. It, it, um, I would have enjoyed hearing the old material. And I, I know that some um, additions included some old material. Um, but even still, it, it was mostly for listening to the new material, which I enjoyed. Uh, man, it's just tough. Because I, I I already I said last record if you remember uh, that like the blues jam and the extended jam isn't really my thing especially on a record but this is a live record so that kind of you you get a little bit more leeway <laughs> sure let's put it like that um, things I enjoyed about this were uh, this was just a fun album to put on and listen to. Yeah. Um. I, I I can't say that I really sat there and dissected it yeah, too much. Yeah. What's to dissect anyway? Yeah. Exactly. So, but it, it was like when I was listening to it, I had you got the sense of the energy. Um, right. You got the sense of the band, and, and and so in that way, it probably accomplishes. Um, you know, it has some accomplishment. I don't know what they set out to do with this album, but it it accomplishes, it gives something to the listener. Um, I think I probably would have liked to see a studio recording with this band. I enjoyed this band and I thought it was probably time for a fresh, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Electric Ladyland, so it's probably time for some fresh blood. And I actually, I have to say, I did like, um, what was it, Bobby Miles? Oh, Buddy Miles, yeah. Buddy Miles, yeah. Yeah, the drummer, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't mind his vocal contributions. And I, I um, not like yeah. I would have wanted to hear it all the time, but it's right. definitely it does- uh, better than any of other uh, non-Hendrix. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, Collins, it, though. Yeah, it's, it's rare where you get that. So I, I enjoyed him jumping in. I thought he had soul as well. Um, and that interplay between him and Hendrix is nice. Overall... It's tough for me to rate this because, like I said, I, I'm just not. I don't reach for live albums that much. It's it, do I feel like this is good to listen to? It's worth it. Yes. Um. So it, on that kind of scale, I'll just say six, and that's not. I'm not trying to put it down with like, oh, it's only. It's, a six. It, it, 
it's hard because yeah, what would it have come out if if Jimmy wasn't caught up in that pre-experience kind of uh, record dis- uh, or uh, contract dispute? I don't know because yeah, this was just like okay, we just want to get rid of these people, so let's just do something, and that's really <laughs> what it is. I mean, I think if you if you yeah. read yeah, if you read. Yeah, uh, as far as that whole time between the end of Electric Ladyland and the and the and the recording of this live record, yeah, it was, there was a lot of garbage going on. I mean, from dealing with that, it was again like, oh yeah, Jimmy signed this. I don't know if it was a napkin. Or it was one of those kind of. Uh, and I know the guy who <laughs> he signed the napkin or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like of, or, or something. Yeah, I mean, they kind of said, yeah, Jimmy had a tendency just not to read anything. Like if somebody just put a piece of paper in front of me, you just sign it. Uh, and I, it was interesting. The guy who ran that label uh, from back uh, before uh, he was really discovered. Uh, I remember seeing him in multiple like Hendrix documentaries, which I thought took a lot of balls for a guy who kind of put was 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 one of the naders in Jimmy's later life, who really tried tried to yeah uh, tried to throw a wrench into the. Uh, but it is. I mean, that's '60s and '70s record label politics. I mean, I'm not saying it's great now, but yeah, I mean back then it was uh, yeah really yeah in particularly not good. Um, yeah, especially a lot more money. Right, going on a lot of more kind of underworldly stuff going on, but uh, but yeah, that, and that's what this led to. It was just kind of like, okay, let's just do something just to get these people off our back. And for, well, I mean, in retrospect, I mean, you hear a lot of people doing like, okay, I mean, especially when people are trying to get out of a their con- like a normal contract where they put out garbage, um, just to like, yeah, I mean, I know Emerson, like, and Palmer did that with like the Beach Love record, which I know is considered like one of the worst records ever. <laughs> it looks like a Bee Gees record for a, for a band that was a respected progressive rock band. Uh, I wouldn't say that, that this is definitely not that. I mean, this is, this has, this is very original. You can tell it has the, yeah, you can tell they, they're, they're doing something and yeah, yeah, they're not trying to, it's not like he was going to go out and put like a, like a Carpenter's record or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to just get out of it. Not only am I going to well, put out one more, one more record, I'm going to put out something that nobody's going to buy it. Yeah. yeah. Overall, yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that this did make it to yeah. uh, actual pressing um, you know, I'm a fan of some of the great live jazz records, um, you know, Coltrane at Birdland, Cannibal Adderley, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. I mean, just something about that moment in time captured uh, as opposed to, you know, creativity. It's, it's kind of like it, it's because this album is very improvisational. Jazz is very improvisational. You just had that one shot to get it to capture, to roll tape on this in that one moment forever locked in time. And yes, they go to the studio and they overdub or they fill parts in or whatever. But, you know, I'd like to think at least that this is pretty much for, for the most part, a live take. And, and there's just a lot to appreciate here in terms of the direction he seemed to be taking in terms of the uh, funk rock movement. Uh, I mean, I know George Clinton is more the, you know, the, the, the godfather of that right. scene. Um, but there's definitely a, a, a pioneering element to this moment uh, right here in this record that if it's not something that I'll listen to unless I'm in a certain type of mood, like I just want to sit there and listen to this, it's more of a historical appreciation uh, for what was happening on, you know, really the, the very first of the decade. I mean, one of my favorite, uh, you know, I don't know, I, I have so many movies that I like, but um, Boogie Nights and that moment after William Macy blows his brains out at the, at the party, <laughs> yeah. and then it just cuts to black, and you see '80s yeah. on screen, and that's kind of that moment for the for me, like that Hendrix, like the experience is over, and it cuts to black, and you just see you got 70s. this new band, yeah, yeah, and it's January first, nineteen seventy, live in New York. Here's where we are. Here's where we're going. And then, you know, for unfortunately, the movie ends really just kind of after this. Uh, yeah. But you, you at least it's 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 a fun 
you know, a documentarian uh, moment to me, and and it's, it is, uh, yeah. You know, it, it's kind, of, you know, competent is is really a, a, I guess, kind of almost an insult to describe. The it's more than that. Like I said, yeah, yeah. Band. Like yeah, it really yeah. is something, uh, you know, unique to hear three and, 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 people at the top of their game vibing off each other at a live right. setting and having that put to tape, having that pressed to record, and having it available for us to listen to and debate. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We are going to go through the entire album, top to bottom, and we're just going to experience it. Uh, experience, I guess. Uh, we've moved beyond the experience. We're going to sit around and just listen to it with you. So hopefully the stream holds on Twitch, but we are going to start it from the top. Is everybody in the sync room? I am. Uh, yes, All here right. we are. Here we go. Who knows? And the gypsies. One thing I like about uh, Buddy's vocals, yeah, they're not like an Otis Redding where it, where it overtakes Jimmy. It's very much almost like a like a rhythm section vocal. It's very interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. it really a yeah, call and response. Right, yeah, but it has that kind of yeah that blues feel though. I mean, it's got that kind of like that again that kind of smoky kind of New York club feel to it. Yeah, you, know, you just got the yeah the, like you said that call and response. Uh, a little so bit much more better. Though. It's so much more groove to them, to to than what. Well, yeah, his vocals rather than um, Noel's contributions, which are very straight. Like, right, you know, yeah. we talked about that 1962 feeling, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and and the way this opens too, um, I I can't remember. Uh, I even that the way that the band is announced. Uh, you know, I love that. And just how you just have Jimmy come in. Like, it's just, it's just one of those things that, you know, it, it doesn't give me chills personally, but I could see if you were super nostalgic for that, that you would get those chills. Just like hearing yeah. Jimmy come in, just that iconic sound, uh, you know, introducing the decade. What better way to spend the beginning of 1970 than to the sound of a Stratocaster? Uh, but yeah, let's continue here. <laughs> Thank you. 
hear how much he's pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that part. I don't want me to stop it too much. We've got nine minutes of song to get through here, but how I, I, I read about how his he was basically fighting his guitar in real time. <laughs> Like he kept, cause he's just pulling it so hard and it was just yeah. going out of tune and how yeah. he was creating a problem that Eddie Van Halen would make a career out of solving. <laughs> like I just hearing that, like, this is where it's like, did it start um, here? I got to know it was going to be solved by somebody, but yeah. you know, no, no, just kind of just the, the Floyd Rose. Oh, the Floyd, oh, right, right, to be yeah. able to bend yeah. like this and not have, uh, you know, your guitar go out of whack live. <laughs> much of a wah guy before this was he no he was so prominent on the yeah here maybe it's just more in a, in a more well yeah i mean on the records i mean there's more a little bit more kind of control or focus where in the live setting it's all just about the, the fuzz tone and wah and yeah yeah it's uh but no My i think it's like, favorite sound yeah <laughs> yeah uh wow. no i think he was, yeah, I think he was on the wah I mean, I think he was pretty well, especially well. Yeah, I think especially around like the Woodstock era. But I think he had done it throughout his whole or most mm. of the. Because uh, you're just not uh, used to being career. so prominent here. I, I, the one thing about this so far is like, like I said in my statement, is that I, I am enjoying listening to it. When I'm thinking about the song, we have like verse jam, verse jam, and <laughs> <laughs> it's and not like it's bad, jam. like. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm enjoying to uh, listening to it, but if you think about the song structure, it's, it's not quite as maybe um, complex as some other yeah. things. Maybe that's the way he was going. You know, he wasn't good at it. After listening to this, I am no longer convinced that he would have been a progressive rock titan that you would have guessed based on you know where he was going with the first two records for certain. Yeah. It, it, it even um, you know, Ladyland was was very 
progressive, even if it had the blues jams in between it. Right. But this is just, you know, definitely that he would have been a fun, uh, you know, right up there with the, 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 he would have been the godfather of funk maybe, you know, that would have yeah. been the, uh, direction he went but it's it's yeah i mean you're not sitting here ringing in the new year with jimmy to have you know what do you want him to do to pound through the songs like like the extended jams are are part of the the, the live a part experience of it, a part of it yeah right and this and this yeah and this yeah, was approaching like that era though i mean where you had yeah i mean jimmy page and all these like the what do they call those the heroin solos <laughs> yeah or where jimmy oh. uh or uh, jimmy page would just go off for like 10 15 minutes and just kind of yeah, we're, we're, it was really not focused, especially Man, in the late, later. Excruciating. Yeah, that's oh, why. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> four minutes here. Yeah, yeah. Still tolerable. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. quite like her. We have a break from the guitar. She didn't know. She didn't care. Has this been the same groove throughout the entire song? Yes. Yeah. I'm not bored of it yet. Yeah. It's... Yeah. So far. I think it goes on a little too long. What do you think? Uh, Three CC's yeah. gonna start screeching like a chicken, isn't he? Yeah. This is that part. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> this is the music you pull up to Sam's Club to get gas in your convertible. <laughs> nice so turnaround on the drums there. It would be fun if there are no voice and you're just pulling up to a beat and a bass line. <laughs> I pump my gas to this roof. <laughs> he held it back, though. It, it didn't get out of control. It wasn't, uh... Boy, I can't even remember that song. Great gig in the sky. <laughs> yeah, that is a good comparable. Really pulling it back here. It's like the pan fell apart. <laughs> it's like, guys, let's rethink those chicken screeches. It's like he was, he, they were waiting for Jimmy to come back on stage. Never did. Yeah, could be having talking. a, could be having, could, yeah, could be having a bad trip. I mean, who knows? Yeah, and just gotta. Yeah. Oh, he's back. <laughs> it's just ding, 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 ding. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Wanting to smash his guitar right up. Love those rim shots. You gotta give it to him. I mean, talking about it, I mean, as far as the invention of the Floyd Rose, where Jimmy, I mean, it was able to keep a show going without it. Mm-hmm. 
Hemsworth just begging for him to open it up. Yeah. There He's already on the ride. The ride crash. a certain amount of, amount of talent to be able to keep going with that because you could see any modern guitar player going nuts like oh my yeah <laughs> I, I have to say I'm worried about how I don't want this ending to be anticlimactic and just wind down we're just gonna do the baseline yeah have to love how it just evolved the guitar sound over the song. Yeah, it just wasn't true. simply fat strat all the way through. Alright. Machine Gun. The anti-war song. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Whoops, I skipped it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why did you gotta dig that, that back up, dude. I didn't mean to. Uh, oh. Did it, oh, did it jump to... Uh, hear us band. fumble live. Uh, I mean, I guess you could wrap this... Quick, save me. <laughs> wrap this song for me. Who knows? 939 of the same bass groove. I'll tell you. It, it was... There was enough, just enough changes to make it interesting. Just mm. enough. Get you get into the ten minute mark, maybe I'll start having a problem. Yeah, but you have to see it live. Yeah, I I think um, the dropping out of the guitar in the middle, kind of, and the as as uh, interesting uh, as the the vocal scatting got, uh, it 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 helps the song. In time. Yes, it stopped in time and it helped give a different section. All right, I got Machine Gun queued up, ready to go. Here we go. Any second now. Soldiers that are fighting in Chicago and Milwaukee and New York. Oh, yes. My favorite song in the actually. Yeah. Most people, I think it's their favorite. Uh, He's the one. Yeah. You gotta love the alliteration of the guitar, too. The machine gun, the literal machine gun, being chopped out by his thing. Yeah. cool of a Panama or something. Yeah, this is less jammy. Well, not that, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's thir almost 13 minutes, but yeah, but it, uh, it has more structure. 
vocals and the guitar trace each other like that. It's amazing how full a three-piece can sound sometimes. Because he's a he's a two-man band and as his own, just with yeah. the, the way guitar and and uh, yeah. vocals is tra- just follow each other, and that's just such a a, a unique piece of Hendrix. Yeah. I think if I were to sum up Hendrix as being able to develop his own language uh, from so many different parts and just make it yeah. coherent, really the first guy to do that. Yeah, because yeah, this really isn't a. I mean, this is uh, this is not a Mitch type of. I mean, this is yeah, much more laid back, and Jimmy still can kind of you can see he still operates within it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a little cleaner too, but it's still got that fat. Yeah. Not afraid to use his symbols. Well, I pick up my axe and fight like a farmer, you know what I mean? Descending bass line, yeah. yeah. You know, again, three minutes in, and I still dig the groove. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's got the most structure. Yeah, that it doesn't, like, yeah, it stays very, yeah, very tight. You know, as much as I did like the, uh, the guitar, I am wish he would give it a break. At this point? Yeah. Well, I think he needs to go a little bit lower down. It seems to be in the same register. I do like have a bite to sustain. I do like that subtle change to uh, what the bass is doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. timing where it's very loose it's funny. I, found, I just found myself getting lost in this part it just kind of like, grooving on the vibes yeah. no, I'm feeling good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very reminiscent. Yeah, who knows if, if there was a little bit of chemical dependency, I might be freaking out right now. Yeah, <laughs> fall out of my fall out of my chair. <laughs> Thank you. 
this is such a live moment for the time. I can I, right now I'm picturing more the audience than I am Jimmy. And just seeing every, just seeing a bunch of people. Like, see if I can get this. <laughs> Doing the swirl. Yeah, how many, yeah, how many '60s and '70s Iraq films have you watched? Where yeah, you've got like every shot, every other shot is just a guy <laughs> or a girl doing this. <laughs> yeah, all I'm missing are some shades. Yeah, just looking up at the. Yeah. And there's always a, shirt, a bunch of shirtless guys too. Yeah, by getting up, just kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. It's hard to do it sitting down here. Should I do that? Should I get up and do that? Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the uh, stretcher yet. Yeah. Stretcher. <laughs> Free show stretcher. <laughs> it's funny. I know this is just noodling, but I I just I eat this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing too that I I usually hate this kind of guitar noodling. But it's classic. Um, it's it's maybe it's because we've been burned out on like very compressed, kind of modern, shreddy kind of. I don't want to throw Mab under the bus again, but that kind of Michelangelo Badio, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that kinda, he's not which that been, style of guitarist, but even but, but, this kind of noodling is yeah. just annoys me when I hear it just you know reverberating throughout Chicago Music Exchange. But there's something about the fatness of Jimmy's sound, the fact yeah. that you know it's the first, or you know that it's so yeah. early in this era that. Uh, it's it just more enjoyable, I suppose. That yeah. I'll tolerate this, but nothing more. I keep thinking about uh, uh, or some of the complaints you know, that people have about modern kind of like technical players where they were they over. And again, that's, that's a cool thing. I mean, if you can play something note for note, but uh, where it becomes where, you, where you're not, you're just kind of regurgitating almost like like the textbook you know, where there's no you know, where you're not really kind of going into. And again, you can get into that argument as far as the, the whole uh yeah feel versus technical discussion oh god help us all yeah we're not gonna <laughs> get into that here pure feel right here yeah it is, yeah uh yeah it is and yeah i think they're yeah I, I think it's hard for maybe people of, of our generation younger to really kind of appreciate yeah something like this uh because i mean i've said that i've tried to dissect it yeah it's all very bluesy pentatonic kind of but yeah there's you it's it's hard to get into that because you got to kind of be him to play with this weird kind of, if you want to call it abandoned or not, I mean, it's not conventional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I would say that the one weakness, uh, Kevin already got to, got to it, but uh, just sitting in the same range for too long. I mean, the guitar is a pretty uh, wide instrument. I mean, what are there? How many octaves on a guitar? Like four octaves on a guitar? Yeah. Like that. I mean, there's just enough to work with here that, uh, and he's in a three piece, like he can get down low. He can dig in. 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know we could we could use that. And I guess he does. Let's see where he goes. We still got uh, you know five minutes, five, four minutes on this song. There's that lower register you were asking about. Yeah, <laughs> but he just he just fucking it though. That's so long. That tune too. But then yeah, I was tearing it up for three minutes. Yeah. Some very strong ooze right there. Those yeah. ooze are pretty sound. Yeah, yeah they are. and they don't and they don't sound like the uh, like the '60s or even the. Because again, I mean, 1970, like like 1990 is not. I don't consider that the '70s yet. Yeah. But the ooze do kind of look forward though. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't sound. They're connected to any they particular decade. They give it a needed texture. Yep. Yeah. It's not like the doo doo doos in the previous song, yeah, where it just kind of hits you in the face. trying to do this on a less tall crazy yeah. like pre-floyd just waiting yeah. on the strat like that yeah. yeah wouldn't have been able to pull this off on a less tall yeah that thing would have just yeah that g-string would have just been <laughs> every, yeah, every other second <laughs> Ugh. That him fighting and with the, just uh, the band. <laughs> it drops off. <laughs> I love yep. that. I love this part here. Don't you shoot him. Yeah. I love how they're all helping each other out. Yeah, like yeah, the, uh, yeah. using like minor key stuff when it's been blues for 10 it minutes. It is weird, yeah. I can't tell, if, I don't know if he's hitting the whammy bar or if that's like a like a, cho- uh, like a chorus or, or a trun pedal. I don't know if he's using straight marshals here or if he's using like some Fender Twins with yeah, some of those like a trem, uh, Sounds too precise to be just whammy. Whammy bar, right? Yeah, that's why. Yeah. I don't remember him using Fender amps. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah. 
very military beat around the scene. This is such a live moment because it's not something that would have worked on record. You just gotta you gotta be in the in that space. Yeah. There's that. Let's take it down. <laughs> Although I will admit at this point it's 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 over. Well yeah. The... <laughs> Piece of crap. <laughs> beating. I'm gonna give give you a beating here. It was sounded like a bit like he kicked the hi hat on accident. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to disrupt your outro there. I guess that is one thing. Is that um the petering out? I'm not quite sure about. We've done it twice. Yeah. And it's not like it's, it's bad, but it does just feel like three guys who got together and jam, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it does speak to maybe that the songs aren't as developed. I don't know. Well, let's move on to the Buddy Miles contribution. The first Buddy Miles contribution uh, in Changes. do 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 The Great Yes song. Yeah. No, this is the, the Hendrix song. I am not going to hit that skip video button. Yeah, don't. Spins. Has more of a funky feel to it. Yep, for sure. Proto funk. Even in some of the voicings in the beginning of the song. the tempo in the uh in the verses kind of reminds me of like dancing in the street a little bit yeah just the way he's singing you can you can almost yeah you can almost kind of put uh uh, and i know i think that the original version i think was already out at this time so i don't know if he if he pulled that from there but uh yeah it's very kind of the tempo is almost really right on (laughs) i will say at this point let's let's try to dial back the knob on the wah if I can't hear what it is, boom, 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 boom. too much. When you're on chemicals, maybe the why is, I don't know, maybe it, maybe, maybe it, maybe it boosts your high. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not too sure about the Kirk Hammond. Shows too what do you have yeah, we've to got say a, about yeah, we've got a, we, Yeah, we've got a bunch of drug fruits here trying to comment on a guy who kind of was a uh, drug consumption was legendary i wish you would have gone a little funkier with that bait i mean that's a little oh. bit that that i hate it's, to put it's a little bit straight Obviously, yeah it's just too straight i wish we could cue uh, again the alars from the uh, some kind of monster like it's, i think it's stock <laughs> you could have used some snare accents on the upbeats
<laughs> That's very much a line that relies on the beat, where it's not like a, a solo that could stand alone. It, it's got it's very much kind of in the solo vein, but it's weird. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, or how he's doing that, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I like solos where you can bob your foot to it, yeah, like hard. Where it's just kind of, mm -hmm. yeah. Four. <laughs> it does, yeah. You heard it. Yeah. You, you you almost have to be in his headspace to be able to clap with him or clap with the beat. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> clap along music. Yeah. It's happening anyway. Yeah. That's so stupid. Hey, at least the band's playing off it though. Okay. Yeah. He said. <laughs> This is better though, on all fours. Yeah. You have to appreciate he sang the uh, the uh, directive. He didn't just say it. Yeah, like. Can you clap a little louder? Yeah. Did uh, DLR ever uh, throw out uh, singable commands? get the suspicion that the audience on this is enhanced yes sounds too good first of all yeah especially for 1970 i had to look it up and it was a 3000 seater i'm not sure if this sounds like a 3000 seater there's something about the way the mix changes there almost like the space changes like, yeah, this is the uh, faded out the audience you're not this is the Fillmore, isn't it or the fill the yeah, more east, east i think yeah, yeah. so from here like We leave it out there. <laughs> just explodes. Yeah. Hey, Did Kevin, we got something different on the third we one. We do. We do. Yeah, one of these we classic got the big engines. Engine. Yeah, he doesn't quite hit as hard as Mitch, but it's, uh, it's, it's it works, though. Yeah, you can't be... Uh, yeah, they, they, they feel locked in live, so there's nothing to complain okay. about. There. And it's nice. Like, I mean, I think Mark, you said it in the beginning as far as how uh, yeah, how Jimmy can move from one context to the next. And mm -hmm. this isn't, I'm not saying that these are drastically different, going from like, yeah, like 
bitches brew to what or to what he was doing in the i mean yeah this is still very much blues rock but it's uh but you know i mean you guys i mean have played more live stuff than i have i mean you know when you i mean you might have two very similar drummers with similar styles but there's just something in the timing was a little different yeah yeah and there's just well, something I mean, there's just a different mechanism working in jazz the bass is responsible for the tempo but the drummer can drive changes and you really yeah. feel it, especially at the end of this song when you just they they built that up they, they played off the crowd nicely i'm not really just making fun of it too much just it just was a uh, a fun moment that again glad is captured uh this is power to love <laughs> being right there during that first like yeah <laughs> right in front of the speaker <laughs> oh. <laughs> i love it he's, he's peeking right now yeah the, uh... he threw us for a change of pace and just started going crazy in the first minute rather than really making us wait. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we cut to the middle of a song. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think at this point in the uh, in the show, I think he's he's out there. He's in the... Uh... Uh, these aren't sequential, I believe. I believe that these are uh, all taken from different days. I think there were two dates, right? Four. Four dates, okay. as a band to just pull that last 15 seconds off let me say that there's yeah. <laughs> like a lot of ways that could go wrong <laughs> i don't even have anything to say it's just i'm just yeah i'm just connecting to it Here, when you've got muscle behind you. Okay. I mean, 
I will say, though, I mean, it's still... At least it hasn't become, like, a Kirk Hammett meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might be a little off the rules. I think personally, Come on, man, you're just not moving with it. <laughs> at this point, personally, I feel like there's a bit like this is it's quite a lot of re- repetition. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was able to buy into it for three songs, but like the bass, I mean, like change chords once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of the live show where you're just kind of like where. You're starting to think about going home. <laughs> you know, like, kind of like, where, like, where's my car parked? Yeah. How am I going to get out of the... Where's you know, that like, parking what, what ticket? Exit I'm gonna take? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did I have this off the parking? Like, it started to enter your mind. Your legs yeah, feel imagine. a little tired from standing. Yeah. I can imagine this wouldn't have worked on an all-sober crowd. I'm sure at least 90% of the people that are there are... Uh, are connected, yeah. are, are connected to the spirits. <laughs> but we're experiencing this so much. Yeah. We have to evaluate it from that perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe they did make edits in the studio to these live versions, so who knows how long they actually were. I guess it makes sense. I mean, yeah, they did that with... Uh, I think he worked... Yeah, Eddie Kramer worked on Kiss Alive, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. So that, uh... Maybe it kind of started here. <laughs> Ludwig. Yep. I'm sure Alex would call him out. Oh, I, I thought about <laughs> saying it, but I figured I'd just <laughs> let Alex say it next time he came on the show. Yeah, it's your Alive and Alive too. I don't know. I I prefer the progressive <coughs> Jimmy to the Straight blue. Oh, yeah, this I, is all I, new. I really... This is all new territory too. I mean, this is him kind of like branching out. So, yeah. So maybe, yeah, unfortunately, we never, we never got to, we never really saw where he would have gone with that kind of. I, I just yeah. like, what would you do with this song in the studio? That it's, I guess, we're just kind of making it up because it never was made, or maybe the song ended up on, uh, on. I don't know. You'll have to let me know on on what actually made the posthumous record. But, uh, you know, like I miss the times where the guy could craft a 15 second intro that was unique in itself. And then the song would go in a completely different different direction. direction. You'd never hear the intro again. Yeah. Yeah. Like the guy was a master at that. And now it almost feels like, you know, I I don't want to say weighted, wasted talent, but you know, where it's, it's all kind of in the same range. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's in the box and it's, the guy was just totally outside of the box and be able to assemble things that was just like this matrix of of yeah. style and now it's just kind of just in that 
wah, soul, funk, blues, you know, let's repeat a groove for seven minutes. Yeah, I mean, this was towards the end of his life where he was it's really, still, I think, in a bad kind of... But it's still yeah. good. It's just no, it's still fun, yeah. incredibly creative as the album was Right. Well, that was before yeah, his spirit, I think, was totally... Uh, here it's just kind of, I think, trying to keep it together, sadly. I mean, but I mean, this is still pretty good, yeah, considering a guy was kind of, yeah, fighting multiple fronts. I'm not sure that they wrote it that way, but just the way that it's almost like they were looking at each other and changing the time signature on the fly. Hmm. And just trying to keep it. Uh, yeah. From power to love to message. To love. <laughs> well, it's interesting. The uh, Wikipedia says message of love. Oh, hold on. Let me look on the. Called message of love. It is message. message of love. Oh, it's weird because it says message to love on. Yeah, uh, this is actually the, the love that I prefer over the other. I think this one. <laughs> things interesting a little bit longer. Almost kind of like uh, what Pat Metheny and Lyle Mays would do, you know, that scatting. I know it's Jimi Hendrix and his band of gypsies, but why didn't we get a drum solo or a bass solo? Why didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know the bass solo is just a good time to talk, but at least the drum solo might have been. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Mitch ever did a uh, like a drum solo on any. Cause see, I listened. A good, live? Yeah, a good chunk of their live albums. I don't recall him like picking like picking like a uh, like a part. Yeah, like I know it's Hendrix, and you you pay to see Hendrix, but uh, I mean his band is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, when did the drum solo start to become a real thing? I mean, was it with John Bonham? I mean, was it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're I don't, far away from that. Yeah. This is right around that time. I mean, they're already, Zeppelin, I think, was already three albums in, I think, at this point. But Would you get live drumming from Keith Moon? That's, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, hold on to me. I don't want to interrupt the, uh, yeah, I think with Keith, uh, coming from what the the other guys in the band said he was not like a uh he was a song drummer i mean he was not like a uh 
uh, like a John Bonham where he could kind of take the spotlight. I mean, even being a Who fan, I don't remember any specific moment where he did like a 10 or 20 minute. Yeah. Um, I I just, yeah, I think he was too chaotic to kind of, and I mean, that's what Pete complained about as far as forming his guitar style, that he could never solo over Keith because it was too, yeah, yeah, it it wasn't consistent. (laughs) It was very much kind of... Regardless, the jazz, the, the drum solo was a staple of live jazz, so... You know, it, it was not. Un, it would not be unprecedented to hear it from uh, the band of gypsies. So, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I never. Funny enough, I never thought about uh, the Hendrix environment as somewhere for a. Uh, which is sad. I mean, maybe looking back at it, looking at it now, maybe it would have been cool to see that. But mm-hmm. this was the place for it. Yeah. And who knows what uh, with Buddy Miles? I mean, if he had. Uh, if he had the chops to keep, or, or even had the ch- uh, chops to keep it interesting for, yeah, for 15, 20 minutes, I, I don't know. We have a, a call out, uh, Hesco 182. We have a live drum solo, Mitch and Jimmy. Oh, yeah? Have to check that one out. Okay. So from the experience days. I wonder if it's a bootleg. You don't have to look. I don't recall any uh, specific. But yeah, Mitch could totally pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> Tired of this song, but this part. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love that bluesy kind of fast picking kind of. Yeah. I know there was one cool thing that Jimmy became known for because he had such big hands that he would use his thumb to bar the uh, the low E. Really? So he so he could yeah so it gave him a lot more uh, he could cover a lot more ground. Yeah, compared I mean, to like. Yeah. Looking at the picture right here, the album cover, I mean, you can see his thumb way sticking way out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's where, yeah, if you see a lot of the... the fretboard you, with that thing. Yeah, like with Little Wing and stuff like that, if you look at like some of, like, if you want to look at the tabs, I mean, you can see how they're laid out. It's really weird, yeah, where he almost uses his thumb as, like, like we're playing bass on the low string and then, like, and then doing a lot more than what you would, like, any of us could would conventionally do with, like, bar chords. Yeah, yeah where sure. it, gave, it gave him a lot more range by just using his thumb and then you, yeah... Very interesting. I, yeah, I, I've tried doing it. You really got to have big hands to do it, though. It's really <laughs> goblin hands yeah. To, yeah. to pull some of that stuff. I off. mean, I, I, I can do it on a limited basis, but after after a few bars, yeah, I think your, your hand starts to, yeah. <laughs> Sped this up a little more. Really see yeah, how far you can push in it. Yeah. 
know, we're not doing yeah. Muppet or Flush It tonight, but uh, that might be my stocks on the rise. Yeah, so. I know. Hit. That was just yeah, for the ending, though. For yeah. two minutes. Yeah. On. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that's the hook there. That was great. And just that ending, you could just picture, like, how old would Eddie have been at this time listening to these records? You know, uh, just 15, hearing him yeah, listening yeah. to that ending. Like, it's such a, just, uh, oh my God. You know, what is that, half yeah. a teacher yeah. or something? Just that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to listen to that again. I guess, I guess, that, I guess, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. You know what I like about the song too? They didn't use the um let's get the band down to silence thing that they've used in previous songs. It's just kinda like energy all the way. Just keeps yeah. going, yeah. That's great. The difference between uh the, the power to love and the message. Yeah, here's the message. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah. let's close it out. We gotta live together. We're all on the same planet. Let's just the commentary. Yep. You know what this reminds me of? Like, like, like the venue, like clearing out, and like, okay, the party in my place. You got everybody. You got everybody. You got everybody everybody dancing. Three thousand people leaving to come to here, and you got people dancing out. We're not done. Come back. It's it's the exit music. Yeah, one more time. Sing along with us. Big. I'm not sure how many. Uh... Did you say how I'm much? Sure, you know from the Did you say how much the uh, the Fillmore held? Was it? Did you say three thousand? I, I looked it up. It was three thousand. Wow. Okay. like the only bit of major key on the album like the entire album you guys agree or not but uh i think buddy really excels in the higher registers but doesn't really do it in the lower it sounds like he kind of struggles a little bit where it's a little flat i don't know if you guys uh, i can especially notice it there where like when he hits those high it's like yeah and then when he goes to the low it's like oh it kind of kind of loses it from a per, yeah. uh, like perspective of perfection yeah i was just going to expect yeah. that this is going to be loose enough but i've heard i mean me, really but I, uh no i mean it's great yeah i just kind of uh i just wish he I, man if it would just yeah if those lower yeah would have been a little bit more kind of beefy har- harmonic i guess yeah, yeah i think it would uh yeah and, and i hate to put maybe it's just because mitch was such a great drummer that um you're, you're kind of expecting a little more from buddy 
Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's, it's a hard yeah. spot to. But that this wasn't the experience though, which yeah, which a lot of yeah, people I didn't want that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, just that. Yeah, it just he just relies on some of the the same motifs too often. Yeah. Just mm. you know, the snare on every downbeat, or I don't know, like it just didn't really. Mitchers is more interesting overall. Yeah, yeah. Well, well luckily he he comes back eventually, but uh, at least for that last six months. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Like the like the party leaving, it's just uh, in a good yeah. way though. Everybody's just it's the parking lot is just filled with yeah. yeah. You should know that it's coming to an end without yeah. looking at the position on your final. Or... Yeah. Good luck trying to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> Without, uh, yeah, <laughs> some assistance. <laughs> Everybody's like hanging on, like it's just yeah, keeping just it together. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, what are they call it? Playing, it, playing at the edge of your abilities? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was power to love. And and buddy. 
Book, 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 book. Yeah. Like, let's get some of those heel toes in. Let's get a little <laughs> double bass going. Like, it just, it's perfect for that. That dirty, clean kind of yeah. Not very compressed, yeah. And Trying to decide what closes the album. Yeah. The band of gypsies, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think? I don't know if I should boost mine a half point. I don't know. I kind of had a lot more fun. This uh, not that I didn't haven't enjoyed the record, but here I don't know. It just seemed to kind of. Yeah, yeah, hell with it. I'll give it a seven. It was it was a more yeah, fun a, experience yeah. talking about it amongst ourselves. Um, yeah, but I feel like that that's not something that's going to happen every time I listen to it. So, right, uh, I'll st- yeah. I'll um, stick where I'm at. But I did enjoy this listen. It kind of yeah, give it a yeah. seven. Like I, I wish the band did a little bit more as they did with Message of Love and We Got to Live Together. The endings of both of those songs. That if you just had a little bit more variance, it would have been a live album that you would talk about in terms of just yeah. you know, part of the dis- definitive discography. Kind of like how Cannibal Adderley's, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy is a definitive part of the Cannibal Adderley discography. Uh, this is just kind of a, you know, if you want more Hendrix, check out this one as opposed to a, you must yeah, listen to this. Yeah. yeah. It's, yes. it's still an. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I didn't optional. mean to tell you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just say, like, Machine Gun is the standout track. And yeah. message of love, and we gotta live together. Have the stocks on the rise endings, but uh, you know, and who knows is decent. I don't know if it calls for nine minutes and thirty four seconds of decent. Um, you know, machine gun is where I'll tolerate the the motif that like that's it's it's obviously a light motif to the theme of the the you know the anti-war theme of the song, whatever. So it it works fine. But yeah, it's definitely not a perfect album. It's an enjoyable yeah. listen. It's an enjoyable top to bottom experience. Uh, don't know that it's a, I would call it a definitive part of the discography that you must listen to. Yeah. Unless I, you're just, you want some more yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. Sadly, I think the circumstances might hurt, uh, hurt to be under as far as the conditions, again, which, in which the album was made. I mean, who knows if he wouldn't have had all that crap kind of hanging over his head, how much more structured this would have been. I mean, maybe... Maybe he wouldn't have been so combative and would have brought Mitch on. I mean, who knows? I mean, not the buddy isn't doesn't add something cool. I mean, yeah, you get the. I don't think Mitch. I don't think was a singer, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but having Buddy on there, kind of trading vocals, I thought was very. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah, the drumming wasn't up to. But again, this is a completely different, and that's why like it's included as a studio record. It's very. Yeah, I I probably would take it out and have it as a just a live. You know album. what's you know, like, this is it, yeah. You know what's hard to judge about this album is that. Like, do I judge this as a different band? Because technically it was, right? Do I judge this as as oh, yeah. band of different gypsies, energy. Yeah, you different, know, as yeah. opposed to what we've been doing, Jimi Hendrix experience? Because it, right. it, it would the, be yeah. like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, it's like an, another artist going off and forming a different band, and you don't expect that it'll be like his last band. It's like the breaking off, you know, right. that's not going to, you're not going to get the same thing. But, right. Like, yeah, I mean, you're forming a three piece. You're doing. Uh, there's a lot of similarities at the same time that it's hard not to compare it, especially when you have such a force, creative force like Jimmy. Um, right. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I. I don't know. I mean, it's. Yeah. I. I 
again, I think it was yeah, just an album that was that has uh, where the story I think has a negative impact on it. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's just too much hanging over it to really put it alongside. Yeah, the yeah, like the Electric Ladyland or the Are You Experience. It's not of that. Uh, and I mean, even even what I said in my opening statement, I, I don't think it's the best live album they ever did either. I think there are. Uh, I found myself like uh, almost forgetting about this one, and again listening to like the live at Berkeley, which I encourage anybody to listen to that. That that album rips. <laughs> but that was yeah, that was uh, around this time too. I think it was seventy. I mean, I was surprised how uh, that they still had that ener- energy left. Uh, but it's a great sounding, and it's got that real fat live feel to it in the drum. And Mitch is back. Yeah, I'm probably yeah. punching it. Um, and even he'll the be wh- back yeah, for the next yeah. one too, at least yeah. uh, on most tracks. Um, so uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's weird because it's kind of yeah, it's yeah, it's kinda, it kind of exists in its own weird little corner uh, that isn't necessarily as strong as some of the other corners. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's yeah. it's an interesting album for us to do because we typically don't cover live albums or we never cover live albums. But this is a an album with original material, and it's I don't know that I would do this again. I certainly wouldn't do it for any other artist, mm-hmm. you know, unless there's one that comes to mind. Um, yeah, know, I'm trying that, to that I'm not thinking yeah. of, but you you, you kind of have to cover a, a Hendrix live album, and you kind of have to cover it this way from the top to bottom experience. Right. Um, I give this one. I don't know if I even said my score. I give it a seven. Okay. okay. They're kind of in the middle. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be back. Uh, we're, we're not done with Hendrix. Uh, we are getting a lot of interest in it. We're getting a lot of downloads. Uh, we see you, and thank you for uh, your contribution to our mission here to continue to cover these bands because some of these bands, uh, as evidenced by our pre-show discussion, aren't quite holding their own for them for themselves. So we're going to have to continue them by reliving their glory, going track by track, album by album, through some of the best stuff. And uh, we are going to continue uh, with Hendrix, the posthumous album released one year later, uh, one year and two months, I believe. The Cry of Love. Uh, it was the planned fourth studio album, and it would have been... Um, you know, uh, again, part of the chronology, part of the discography, I think it uh, should be talked about. It should be included because it's got a lot of original, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a full album of original stuff. So we, uh, we should cover it, even if it wouldn't be part of the three, the big three that people think of in terms of the typical Jimi Hendrix uh, discography. So uh, thanks for uh, the live chat tonight. Uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, some good comments. And we will also uh, be try to post that out a little bit more in advance so that you can join us rather than just logging in at 7.30-ish p.m. on a Tuesday night and hoping you're available. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time uh, with Cry of Love.